Welcome back to Season 3 of Talking to Humans. I'm one of the co-hosts, Mark Andrus, pastor here at Redemption Gateway. I'm joined by my co-host, Vicki Demert. Hello. Vicki is the counseling director here at Gateway. And today we have a special guest, the one and only Matt Demert. Yes, he is related to Vicki. They are married. How many years you guys married? 24 years. 24 years. Feels like it's only been like two or three, right? It's been, <laughs> yeah, it's been fast. <laughs> you answered because I was going to say 19. <laughs> Oh, so many things to unpack with that. All right. So so this season, our uh, our overall theme for this season of Talking to Humans uh, has been conflict. On uh, this particular episode, though, we're going to be zeroing in on uh, the idea of listening. Um, now, if, if you're talking about conflict, maybe you think about all sorts of things related to that, you know, whether that's forgiveness, um, ownership, responsibility, that kind of stuff. Um, but listening would not for a lot of people would be kind of the first thing you think about in terms of it being an aspect of conflict and conflict resolution. So Vicki, as you were thinking through creating this season of the podcast, help us listeners understand just a little bit of the role that you see listening playing in conflict and conflict resolution. Yeah. I think generally we think we're good listeners. Like I don't, I've never met somebody that said I'm not a good listener. Um, and so I think we, we think we listen well. Um, but I don't think we do. And um, listening is important because that's how we're going to get somebody's um, other somebody else's perspective and their point of view, understand how they're feeling, their pain. Um, so it's actually a pretty important part of conflict resolution. Awesome. That's helpful to, to think through and understand. Um, I would agree with you. I certainly do not think of myself as a bad listener. Um, and yet there have been many people in my life that are like, you don't get it. You understand. And I was, I was fairly confident that I did. So mm-hmm. this will be good for me, um, as well as anybody else that's listening in. So, uh, so man, Vicki, uh, you guys have been married for what feels like two or three years really has been 24. Um, how many kids do you guys have? Four. four. <laughs> There's a pause there. I don't know what to do with that pause. So 24 years, four kids. I'm sure that you guys have had, as any other married couple, married couple would have lots of opportunities uh, to have conflict and lots of opportunities to listen or not listen to each other well. Yes. Um, maybe just kind of talk through even uh, some, whether it's some stories or some, you know, part dynamics of your own relationship in, in which you've experienced either listening well or not being listened to well. Just, yeah, kind of enter into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, even when I was thinking about this series and listening specifically, Matt was the person that came right to mind. Um and I think specifically because we had um, a situation, I don't know how long we had been married for, but um, we were fighting or having a disagreement. And What's I, the difference? <laughs> just, just dis- scale? Or? <laughs> yeah, disagreement sounds, I don't know, better. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe there was yelling. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> um, and pretty much whatever the, the, the topic was, I wasn't feeling heard or understood and I wanted him to like quote unquote listen and um so at one point during the the conflict I was like Matt just repeat what I'm saying word for word and I'm like I know it sounds cheesy but that's that's all I want you to do and at first he was like no no yeah and I don't want to do that and so then we're like I'll I'm not asking you to like jump the Grand Canyon, just repeat me word for word. Um, and, and you didn't at first. And then I'll let you pick up the story. Yeah. You remember, I think I was running an errand somewhere 
and I was thinking about what you were asking me to do, and um, the Bible story came to mind. I guess I'm I'm sure God brought it to mind from Second uh, Kings five about Naaman when uh, he got leprosy and uh, was sent to Israel to be healed. Uh, I'll skip a lot of the details, but. <laughs> Uh, but he went to Elijah's Elisha's house, and Elisha sent his servant out and said, "Go bathe in the Jordan River seven times, and you'll be healed." And he, I think he stormed off and was upset. It's like I thought he would call out, come out and call on his God, and and uh, you know wave his hands over me and and heal me. And and his servant said, "Well." If, if he asked you to do some mighty task, climb a mountain or do some really hard thing, you would have done it. So why not just do this simple thing? Mm. And so that occurred to me, why not try this simple thing mm. of repeating what she says? Even, even though in my head I was like, I heard what she said. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. So, like, often, so I, often guys go like, just tell me what to do. And then she tells you what to do. You're like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. so God brings this passage from Second Second Kings five to mind. All right, this she's not asking me to do some crazy, something outlandish. Like this, really is simple. Just repeat back. So, like you yeah. decided to just do it. Yeah. So then I think when we came back together, um, I don't know how the discussion started again, but then I repeated you know, I tried to word for word or at least paraphrase how I understood it. And it was, it was crazy. Um, like as soon as I started repeating, like a light bulb went off, hmm. like, Oh, in your mind, in my mind, like, Oh, that's what you're experiencing. Oh, wow. And I experienced the light bulb going off. Like it was like this moment of like, yes, now like you're getting it. You're understanding what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. And um, so let me, let me just ask a question about this. Like I'm familiar with the, you know, if you read certain counseling things, people call this the speaker listener technique where it's like you repeat back, whether mm -hmm. it's word for it or like, but this is a relatively new concept for me three years ago you would have said that and I probably would have had a similar response to Matt. Like, no, that's ridiculous. Like mm -hmm. I get it. I, now that sounds childish. And yet um, something about that, Vicki, you said it was powerful for you to, mm -hmm. to hear him. What was it like? Why was that powerful? Instead of like the, the skeptic or the cynic in me would be like, Oh, he's taking the easy route. He's just saying back what you said, like saying what you said. Not, like, so what was, what was powerful or meaningful about that, that specific moment? Um, I think one that he, he was taking the time. And so like in repeating back, he was having to, he's not formulating anything else. He's having to put everything else aside and, um, and, and really repeat back. And I, I think it really was word for word at like at first. And then maybe he kind of started paraphrasing a little bit later, but, um, hearing back what I was saying is like, yes, like this is, if you're able to say back what I'm saying, there feels like you're, um, you're getting it, or at least you're trying to. And there was a change in his demeanor 
like mm-hmm. like there it it almost to me felt like a literal light bulb went on where he was like oh um you know where i think it's hard to put yeah. into words that that yeah. like, that particular moment or experience yeah. and so why matt why didn't you want to do that at first because it's not it's not a big ask so why didn't right. you want to do that uh stubbornness i guess like i i guess why is that necessary like i heard what you said yeah yeah and i think here's here's the difference is we think we hear what they said but can i if i really hear what you say can i say back to you what you said in a way that you would the other person would be like yes gotcha um yeah so what what difference did that make? Like, I don't know. I'm not asking you guys, okay, what was it you were fighting about? You might not even remember. But, like, what difference did that make, like, in terms of moving towards resolving whatever the conflict was? So, you know, you're beginning to get it. Oh, this is this is what it actually felt like for her. Mm-hmm. Vicki, you're experiencing, wow, he actually is understanding what it is I'm trying to communicate. How did that then lead towards the ability to, like, as he, as he's listening and you're experiencing that, the ability to move towards an actual resolution in that conflict. Yeah, as far as I remember it, it really was trying to communicate something that he had said or did hurt me, and um, to for him to know and understand that that it hurt. Like if he can see that it hurt, um, now there's not he, he's going to be more careful in the future. Like he he's going to care for the the pain that did happen. Um, and now going forward, be more cognizant that that particular thing or, or close to that hurts me. Yeah. So why why is listening, and I, this isn't like what you guys have described as a specific moment. There's a specific, you know, there's a technique to it, or like the repeating back. There's there's obviously a variety of different ways to, to listen and lean in, and we can talk a little bit more about that. But, but like stepping back from it, just to listening, Vicki, you said people tend to think we're good listeners. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're not. We don't get to be the judge of whether or not I'm a good listener. Like the person who I'm purporting to listen to gets to be the judge of that. So I guess two-part question. One is, why do we think we're good listeners? But why aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I I think, one, we think we're good listeners because um, it, it actually takes humility to say, I don't think mm-hmm. that I'm listening very well. Like there would have to be some sort of self-awareness to be able to say, I'm actually not listening and trying to understand what you're saying. I'm coming up with my next thought or a solution or advice or I've, I'm distracted. And so to, to take the time uh, to actually to repeat or rephrase or even ask, am I understanding? Or is there something that I'm not understanding? Um, like, like, am I, am I getting it? Like that, it takes time. So I think humility um, is a really big piece of it to say, I might not be as good of a listener as, as I'm. And it's a hard question. I remember I was in a conflict or had a discussion with um, family members. And um, it was like two days later, I was on a walk and just praying. And, and I just felt like God was saying, go and ask this family member if um, they felt like like I heard and understood them. And it was one of the hardest questions to ask. So, because I thought I'm, I actually was like a little bit priding myself on listening. Well, it's it's <laughs> yes, your job. It's, yeah. <laughs> a major and, part of it. 
This is who I am. And I was in school at the time, just <laughs> to be fair. But um, yeah, and so I, I went back and I said, you know, we had this, this talk the other night. I'm just curious. Do you think I heard and understood you? And they said no. And I was like, oh, you know, what what didn't I hear and understand? Um, you know, and then they shared more and I repeated back. Um, and I do want to make a distinction between understanding doesn't necessarily equal agreeing. Okay. Um, what do you like what's the distinction between the two? Yeah, like I, I could understand what you're saying. And, and you really do feel understood, but that doesn't mean um, I agree that that's, like, that's my perspective. Like, I can still have my own perspective of an experience of the situation. Um, but that doesn't mean that they have to be odds. Like, I can, I can accept what your experience was, um, and my experience can be what it was. But can I, can I put that aside in order to really um, understand yours? But it, it was, it's a, it's a hard question. Like, do you feel like I heard you? Am I understanding? Is there anything I'm not understanding? That's, that it takes humility and courage to ask that question. Yeah. So, so here's a, an interesting thought. The, the beginning of this season, you know, we had Luke Simmons on and he was even just kind of giving a, a framework, a theological framework for, for conflict, um, and one of the things that we talked about in that was how we tend to view, like even just the the idea of conflict, it means there's a winner and a loser. Yeah. Um, and yet, as I hear you talk about this, it sounds like the the goal of conflict or the purpose of conflict, what makes a successful outcome isn't, you know, winning somebody over to your side or getting them to see your way, like where it's not necessarily agreement. Like what if, like what if the, the goal of, or the, the purpose of conflict, what makes you succeed in conflict, um, isn't winning, but it's like, did I hear and listen and understand the other person? Yeah. Um, which I have some kind of control over that. I can't make you think something else and make right. you agree with me, but yes. I can control what I'm bringing into this. Yeah. Am I exhibiting the humility, the curiosity yeah. necessary to listen well? And I think um, what's at risk with that is, will my perspective become void? Hmm. Right, like my opinion, because I'm in some ways what Matt had to do was put his perspective aside and um, really enter into what I was saying. And that didn't mean he still didn't, he didn't get his perspective, but he, he it's almost like he, he had to put it on the table. Right. And be like, I'm going to put it over here to the side. Um, it's still important, it's still valuable, and we can still get to it, but... Um, yeah, would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah. So th- there's a <laughs> he's listening he's, a lot he's right doing now. It great. So, so there's a there's a fear in there that you bring up of like, okay, well if I if I'm the one that's listening, what guarantee do I have that I'm going to be listened to? Yeah. How does like how is it 24 years, four kids? Like mm-hmm. I'm sure stuff has gone both ways. Like how have you guys wrestled with that and gone like, hey, it's my turn to be listened to, or it's my like, how, how do you guys maneuver through that kind of stuff? So. In this like this story, really, what was kind of starting to happen was, I was um, listening is a good thing. Um, I would say I was kind of making it a demand, like I, w- I was demanding that that he listen and hear me, um, and and he did, and it was helpful and it was healing, and then it was maybe the next day, or shortly after. Wouldn't you say, Matt? 
that mm-hmm. um, he came to me and said, you asked me to do this. Oh, wow. To, to listen, to repeat, and, and I did it. And he's like, did it help? Did I understand? And I was like, yes, yes, it was great. And then he's like, will you do the same thing for me? And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Man, out of curiosity, why did you, and I know this is a while back, so like, like, why did you risk asking that question? As I recall, I think it was in maybe another discussion conflict. And, you know, like she said, it, you know, she was demanding that I hear and understand her, but it didn't seem like it was being, uh, Going the other way. Yeah, it was something reciprocated. Was, yeah, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're you're essentially saying, "Hey, that's not fair." <laughs> not that you would use those words, but like mm-hmm. you're here's this kind of yeah. inequity, like this this it ought to go both, both ways. ways. Mm-hmm. So you you asked her to do the same thing for you. Yeah. Were you worried at all about how she'd respond to that? I don't recall being worried. Okay. But Vicky, you said when he asked that, like maybe you were exaggerating, but like you're like, what? Like, what? What was it like for you to receive that request from him? Um, honestly, I was blind to myself. Like I didn't realize that it would have to go both ways. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you weren't expecting that, huh? No. <laughs> and I loved that he would hear me, and maybe I, in my arrogance, that I heard him or that his person, you know, now that he heard me, we were quote unquote in agreement Yeah. that, you know, and so now for me to do the thing and the, the thing that happened, it was like, wow, what I actually asked or was demanding of him is actually really hard. Okay. I don't want to do it. So, um, in love, my blind spot was, um, exposed by him asking me, and and he the way he asked was just kind of like he said it now. It wasn't in anger, it wasn't in accusatory, it was it was an invitation. Um, hey, I did this for you. Did it help? Did it um did I understand? Did it bring about what you wanted it to? And now will you also do this for me? And it was just like, oh, how could I say no? And yet mm. it really was like Man, I asked him to do a super hard thing that I myself don't want to do. Gotcha. Wow. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think you make me look a lot better than <laughs> I, I recall. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> right, so, so you guys have talked about a, a really, like, a really tangible, specific way to practice listening. Mm-hmm. Um. I imagine a handful of folks, whether it's a marriage relationship, whether it's, you know, just friends, coworkers, something like that, um, that'd probably be, if you've never done something like that before, like, that's not like a normal pattern of interaction. You know, I'm not typically going to go up to somebody and be like, hey, the other day I did this thing or we talked about this and uh, I didn't feel like you heard me. So I want to say it again. I want you to repeat back to me. Well, like in no normal conversation (laughs) to something like that, just kind of like the, the feels it's easy to understand in some ways it also feels a little bit like, I don't know if inaccessible is the wrong word. Like how do you even get there? Like for, for people who are like hearing this and recognize like, Oh, maybe I'm not as good of a listener as I think I am or going actually, man, I feel in a lot of ways, like I 
uh, this relationship, this person, spouse, child, whoever, like, I don't feel like they listen to it. What would be like, how should people begin entering into that and wanting to wanting to, I mean, initially grow as a listener before you start, you know, asking other people to listen to you better. Like what, what would be some next steps to take to grow as a listener? I think you, it takes practice. Like, you know, when, I don't know if you're in a discussion, maybe even at work, like when like, I don't know, coworker boss is making a request, like to make sure I understand what you're asking and repeat it back. Yeah. So that's, a, I really appreciate that. That's like a really easy, practical, non-awkward way mm-hmm. to start practicing something like that. And actually, Matt, you had a situation at work where you um, were doing that with a coworker in a different department. And she sent an email, I think, to you and to your boss that uh, that was like, hey, Matt really understood. Um, or something. Do you remember that? Mm, I need a little more detail. Oh. <laughs> Chances that the coworker and boss are listening to the no. Uh, <laughs> I think she was like in purchasing or something, and and you just repeated back to her, uh, just you know. But it really is that simple. Just being like, hey, I just want to make sure I understand, and repeating back. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. Repeating back, if even first word for word, and using the words that the person is using before even trying paraphrasing. Um, when I was in counseling and taking counseling classes, um, one of the things I just focused on for a season was repeating back. So not trying to offer, um, not coming up with great questions, not working on question asking, not working on, you know, solutions or anything. It was, it really was, I'm just going to spend, I'm just going to practice repeating back to people. And it was cheesy and awkward and clunky at first, but the more I did it, and it was it was actually crazy because people would be like, "That was so helpful, thank you." And I'd be like, "I didn't do anything." I like would come home and I'd be like, "Matt, I feel like I'm just a professional listener. <laughs> like I just repeat back." That's point and, number one on the job description. Yeah. <laughs> I I just repeat back and be like, "Is this is this right?" And and here's the thing: is once you repeat somebody's story or words back to them. They probably have never heard them repeated back. And so now they're like, yes, that's right. Or, or now that you say it out loud and I'm hearing it repeated back, that's not actually what I'm thinking or feeling. And, and that kind of helps them even formulate and get clarity. Yeah. It's interesting, Matt, you talked about like doing that even in you know workplace repeating back. Like that's actually not an uncommon practice. Like think about any fast food restaurant or really any, like mm-hmm. most restaurants you go to, yep. you place mm-hmm. an order and well-trained servers, all right, so you want this, 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 you know, want without the mustard, whatever it is. What's interesting, though, is, like, you actually you actually create greater opportunity for frustration and pain when you listen in that way. Because, like, I actually get more angry, <laughs> well, insight into my own little sinner's heart, when you repeat back my order and you get it right, but then you still bring out the wrong order. Like, I'm actually more angry. Like, you, you knew what it was, and you still got it wrong. Whereas if they don't repeat back the order to me, and they get it wrong. Like for what? Like I'm not as upset. I mm-hmm. eat at fast food places a lot, so unfortunately, I have tons of experience here. But like, you actually raise the stakes when you listen in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. You raise the other person's mm-hmm. expectation, and you actually create more opportunity for hurt. If mm-hmm. I know this is the impact of this, I know this is what you're expecting. Whatever the situation is, 
like you know that I know and then I still don't follow yeah. through so like mm-hmm. it actually in some ways raises yeah. the stakes and creates more opportunity for for hurt or, or offense and, and stuff like that yeah so so there was a handful of things like we go hey begin asking you know repeating back asking you know those kinds of questions Vicky you talked about even just the humility that goes to another person and says hey that previous conversation do you feel like I heard and yeah. understood you um I had a thought about what you said about raising the stakes yeah um I think in a in a loving relationship, when you understand what your actions, the effect your actions had on the other person, if you really care for them, I think you'll want to avoid that in the future. Yeah. And I would hope that would be the case. <laughs> and yet, here we are in these, like in Paul and Romans 7, like the things we want to do, we don't do. Mm-hmm. Like I want to love, I want to care for you well. The things I don't want to do, I still do them. And so, yes, I think most people in a loving relationship would affirm that's the case. And yet, there's still going to be a moment three months from now where I'm going to do the thing again, where I'm not going to listen, I'm not going to get you again. And and now the other person sitting across from me, like, that hurts more because, like, I know that you have the ability to listen. I know you get this. So then, okay, now we have to go back through the cycle again. Like, just because I listened once and I understood once doesn't mean I always do. Yeah. Um, and so there's a bit of like the, the wash, rinse, repeat on some of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so one of the, one of the, the questions then that I had is like, we, we'll talk here sometimes about, um, you know, listening to understand versus listening to respond. Yeah. And it seems like you're talking a lot more about the value of listening and moving towards conflict resolution is listening to understand the other person. Yes. Um, I'm not going to argue with the validity of that. Matt's not going to argue with the validity of that. Um, when is the when is the place in conflict to listen to respond? Um, if you're listening, like I would even just be curious why why you would listen to respond without first listening listening to understand. So I I don't know. My <laughs> initial thing is is I don't know that you know we all do it, but when is it when has it really been? been fruitful because listening to respond to me almost com- communicates I'm going to defend I'm going to that's not my intent you know I'm going to get into that wasn't what I intended so therefore the way that you experience it shouldn't be that way and like minimizing um we're listening to understand it it, it can feel like oh we're going to just be enabling mm-hmm. you know it feels like if I just um or that's not true when do I get to bring the truth and it's not on to further conversation or on to change or on on to challenge that that can happen but I think we bypass that first let me really understand and that really dignifies a person that really um creates like I really do want to understand um you know and at one point then it maybe it is you know we would say may I now bring my perspective? Yeah. Um, and I think even asking, the, like listening to respond, but like even asking that, may I bring my perspective? Um, you're going to get agreement and that the person um, might have a change in, you know, like, like yes, like now they're, they're going to be like, okay, you have a perspective different than mine. And, you know, will you, you know, kind of like what Matt asked me. Um, I do want to say we could listening is great and being heard is great um but not making it a, a demand and it isn't the end all be all what do you what do you mean by that um 
because I, I could be like, what was happening with me is I was, I, it was becoming a demand. I need this from you. And, and we do need good listening in order to have good co- conflict resolution. But, um, you know, look at during the, I think it was during this, this disagreement or this argument where I went to, to a neighbor and was like, you know, Matt this and Matt that. And, um, well, she was like, Vicki, you have so much sin oozing out of you right now. It's a great I, I, picture. Yeah, I, I can't even listen. And I was a little bit in shock because <laughs> I wanted her to, you know, be like, I can't believe that. And and she wouldn't. She wouldn't. And That's a good friend. It was a very good friend. And we decided, like, we need to hang out with them because she was going to bring truth and honesty. Um, Grant, we had a long relationship. So this right. wasn't, like, somebody that, um, you know, I just you know, met in the lobby or something. But um, she asked me, she's like, Vicki, what if he doesn't understand in the way that you want him to? Wow. Like, then what? You know, and and she's like, yes, it will be helpful for him to understand. But what if he doesn't? And is that, that then what are you going to do? Where are you left? You know, and so instead of putting all my eggs in, he must hear and understand. So, being like, yes, this is an integral part of conflict resolution, and yet not making yeah. it be. Yeah, and, and if a and if he doesn't, or if he can't, or some combination of that, or yeah. any of that for now, the beauty of like there's an there's an advocate yeah. in the Holy Spirit that does understand. Yes, I mean that's mm-hmm. the whole promise of the Holy Spirit in, in Romans eight, like the one who cries out, and we can't even express what we want. Like here's the Spirit who cries out with our spirit when our groanings are too deep for words, and and so there's that understanding that's found there. Like okay. I really want this. This would be beneficial for our relationship. And yet I can be disappointed when it doesn't happen, but not crushed because I have it from the place where ultimately I need it. Yes. Um, so, so a, a kind of a little bit of a, a shift of, of direction here. Um, this is, I mean, I've got six little kids. They're not going to listen to this, so it's okay. Uh, I can talk specifically <laughs> about them, but, but I know for me, it's, I'm doing air quotes here, easy to be humble and listen and be curious and ask questions with peers. Yeah. With coworkers, with neighbors, with, you know, your spouse. It's a whole lot easier um, because I value their perspective <laughs> and their, their experience because there's wisdom and maturity, so on and so forth. Um, this is harder for me with my kids. Yes. Because they have an experience that it's very easy for me to minimize, dismiss, mm-hmm. be like, your yeah. kid, you don't understand, but, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you, both of you are nodding your head, so mm-hmm. I feel like you get this too. What does it look like to listen to your kids? That's a great Because question. there's conflict all the time there. So talk, talk yeah. us through some of that. I don't do it very well. I'm learning, but I have a long way to go. Um, and that's that's been a point of contention for a while. Um is yeah, especially with our youngest, to, because um, I I struggle with. He needs to listen to me, right? Mm-hmm. Which which there is a biblical instruction like children obey their parents in the Lord for this yeah. like certainly, um, but I think what I'm learning is what's the harm in listening to him? It takes longer. <laughs> <laughs> The harm is my energy. Yeah. 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 And right. The answer can still be no, or it can still be okay, but you still need to do what you're told. But, um, 
yeah, what's what's the, but I I still don't do it very well. Hmm. I don't know if I answered that. Yeah, I mean, it's it, there's difficult. Yeah, what were you thinking, Vicky? Yeah, it it is it is really hard, especially when you know there's a lot of emotion that like as parents we want to help them to feel better <laughs> or you know if they're sad or whatever and and to just let them be sad or let them even be excited um and just you know the other day our son was showing Matt something he wanted you know stuffed animal he wanted to get and Matt just kind of kept repeating him and being like oh like it's it's a banana that turns into a man you know I'm like not, well, I, it's a stuffed anyway. animal like you know like <laughs> you know it's what what about this is exciting and wow and like you know it's exciting because it's a banana man you know and oh it's a banana man and and you know Micah was just bright eyes and like he's being there's something about it gives dignity and value that that you will listen and delight in the things I delight in even if they're not things that you yourself delight in. Yeah. Um, or just letting them be sad and like you are sad. And what are you sad about? And and I think it, it really helps give them language and emotional language. And But, yeah, it takes time. And especially <laughs> when we're like this in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Because that's a true statement. In the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. the color bowl you have for cereal or what yes. shoes you're going to yeah. wear or – I remember one of the first conversations you and I had was about one of your kids not wanting to wear their T-shirt at VBS. Yes. yes. It's like this, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And yet it, it matters to them. Yes. And there's their there, world, it's a big deal. Yeah. And there's a, there's obviously some give and take in that. And like, okay, where do we press in? Where do we draw lines? Where do we make hills to die? Like there's other parenting conversations in there, but like we tend to minimize or dismiss that yeah. and say, well, since it doesn't matter to me or in the grand scheme of things, it shouldn't matter. Yeah. But then our kids experience, yes. they don't matter. Not the thing doesn't matter. Right. They, they don't, don't matter. matter. And so I would kind of like, I'd follow Matt's question, like, what's the harm in listening? I'd add on to that, like, actually, what's the harm in not listening? Yeah. When I was when I was over kids ministry for a long time here at, at Redemption Gateway, one of the things I talked to our, our teachers about was um, how to respond to prayer requests from the kids. Mm. Um, and like, we'd have this issue of, you know, like older elementary classes, you know, like, hey, what can we be praying for? And, you know, you get some of those ones where it's like a real obvious, like kids being goofy. You know, or it's like, I'm really sad because my goldfish died or those sorts of things. And when, when you kind of dismiss or like write those things off, don't take them seriously. Like that's teaching our kids something Mm -hmm. that's teaching them. Like they're, they're putting a little bit of bait on the hook and saying, what are you going to do with this? And if you dismiss, if you don't care, like, well then when something like more difficult, deeper, more painful comes up, they're not going to share that because you didn't take the other thing seriously. You didn't, you didn't dignify that and honor with the response. And so um, what's the harm in, in not listening? We were robbing our kids of an opportunity to experience the loving, attentive care of a person in authority who says you yeah. matter. What what matters to you matters to me. What hurts you hurts me. What's exciting to you is exciting to me. And the, the hope over time in parenting is being able to transition them to see that same kind of care from God the Father. Yeah. And so there's a lot on the line, not to like make every single argument about the color cereal bowl or whatever a spiritual issue, but but there is a degree to which listening is a is a big indicator of gospel truths of the character yeah. of God. Yeah. And you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about even listening, um, just even in, in our the conflict that we had, we can't really repair well 
if I don't really know the depth of the pain or the impact and what I've done. And so what, what are, what exactly am I repairing or apologizing and to be able or asking for forgiveness for, and to be able to do that fully and do it well, um, we need to, to listen, to be like, I'm going to assume I actually don't under, and I think that's, I'm going to assume I don't understand. Um, and so if that's I'm, our starting point, I'm going to have more curiosity. But as soon as I, I'm like, I know I'm understand. There's no curiosity. There's no. Right. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is we need to listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was uh, Ed Welch, um, who's a counselor and professor. One of the things that he says in a lot of his classes is the point at which you make a moral assessment of a situation, there's no questions left to ask. Yeah. They're like, I already know what the problem is. I know what the solution is. As soon as I stop listening and learning. There's nothing left for me to do. Um, and so, Vicki, you have that, you know, that sign in your office that says, ask more questions, mm-hmm. um, which really is not about me just gathering information so I can tell you what to do. Right. It's about me understanding you, hearing you, listening to you, um, building the trust in that relationship, which is the foundation for conflict to be able to work, to be worked through well and refreshingly rather than conflict being something that ultimately kind of tears apart and, and destroys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Matt, I am grateful for you spending the time with us today and, and pulling back the curtain a little bit on what it's like to be married <laughs> to Vicki. Um, we're just blessed to have you be a part of this. And uh, thank you guys for, for sharing some of your lives with us today. Yeah. Glad so to. any, any last words of encouragement for uh, our listeners? I, w- I would say really think about and, and, um, and practice repeating back. And, and even maybe it's just asking the question, Hey, hey I just want to make sure I understand. I'm, I'm understanding. Did I understand this? Is there anything I'm not understanding? And I mean, even if you just did that for a week or a month, I mean, it's, it's actually kind of difficult to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anything you'd add to that, Matt? Uh, no, I agree. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Talking to Humans. See you next time.